Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life choices of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Good news, bad news. Bad news first. Growth comes from learning, which is a lifelong endeavor. Good news. Growth comes from learning, which is a lifelong endeavor. At the Money Nerve Academy, we hold space to explore, navigate, discover, and heal your relationship with money. With our online course, Mastering the Emotions of Money, you can get in touch with your fears, blocks, and beliefs around money so that you can become more aware of your current financial story. By understanding why you do what you do with your money, you can create a different ending to your financial story than the one currently taking place. Check out themoneynerve.com and start mastering your emotions of money. I'm excited today because we have an amazing guest from Atlanta, Georgia, Steve Connolly. Welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. It's fantastic to be here. Well, Steve has an impressive resume. I, I could probably spend 45 minutes just going through those, but I'll give you some highlights. Uh, Steve was an entrepreneur entrepreneur early in life. Uh, started with his own lawn mowing business when he was 12. At age 16, he had a part-time, uh, he was part-time owner in a coin-operated laundry, uh, excelled at many jobs, got into retail furniture, um, and became the regional VP manager of a national retail furniture store um, that eventually went out of business, but that wasn't your fault. In 1987, he entered the real estate investing arena, where his achievements include authoring guerrilla real estate investing, buying and selling several thousand single-family homes, commercial properties, and multifamily properties. Um, creating, writing, and producing the Real Estate 360 show. Um, in addition to that, he's developed uh, such projects as It's About Belief, which you can find at itsaboutbelief.com, uh, and Brain Energetics, uh, has authored 50 Belief Ideas 1 and 2 and Stories of Unlimited Possibilities. And I love talking about this, and I hope we get into it. It's about mindset. It's about belief systems, um, a little bit of the law of attraction. Um, the other thing I want to mention that Steve and his partner, Jason Miles, have developed Real Estate 360 Pro, which is an online resource focusing on real estate investing training. So, Steve, thanks so much for being here. Um, and I should have mentioned you're also an Eagle Scout. So, uh, uh, so am I. So, that, oh, there man. you go. Love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here. So, Steve... Did you think when you were 12 years old, you were starting that lawn uh, mowing business, that you were going to be selling real estate and writing books and, and having an impact? Uh, oh, of course not. Um, you know, I was just trying to uh, figure out how to hire the kids in the neighborhood. But uh, <laughs> they didn't. They were smarter than I was. They didn't really want to mow grass for a living at 12, you know. But uh, – but, well, there's good money in, in mowing lawns. I grew up in a small town, and everybody had, like, an acre. Uh, so I could make 100 bucks a day. I could only mow one yard a day but because uh, I did it by hand. But, uh, yeah. hey, well, I, I liked lawn mowing. So. I liked it all right. But uh, looking back, I really didn't – there were certain things I didn't understand. And I, I was not charging enough money to mow those uh, yards. So yeah. um, I didn't make a lot at um, – you know, it kept me really busy. Very. There you go. You know, what I did learn, though, was I was a genius at marketing when I was 12. 
There you go. <laughs> and marketing is probably the key because you can have a you can even have a bad product, but if you know how to market it, doesn't matter. Yeah, I could definitely market <laughs> it, and it wasn't that hard. It was like I got my typewriter out. We had typewriters. We didn't have computers back then. Uh-oh. I made three by five cards, typed up. Hey, I'm available for any type of yard business. Just give me a call. And I put them in all the mailboxes in the neighborhood, which was a couple hundred houses. And uh, I was busy, very busy. It kept you busy, kept you busy. And then what prompted you to go into real estate after you um, got out of the furniture business? Well, so I had a furniture store um, after the, you mentioned the, the, the chain of furniture stores that I was in that went out of business. Well, so I found this guy in Atlanta. I was in South Carolina at the time, but I found this guy in Atlanta who wanted to open up import Scandinavian furniture store. So he contacted me. And so we ended up doing a little partnership thing. And so I moved to Atlanta to do that. And, and then we split up and then I went and opened my own down in Florida. And then the exchange rate uh, went south on us big time because we were importing from Denmark, Southeast Asia and Germany and stuff. And um, so we went out of business along with just about every other Scandinavian store in the country. <laughs> So I found myself, you know, okay, what am I going to do next? So I decided to be a manufacturer's rep because I kind of like driving and stuff. And I did that for about a year and I really was not successful. And by the way, uh, my resume there, I know it's, you said it's very impressive, but the, the, the failures that I could have written would certainly be four times the size of the (laughs) resume. But, uh, so a year into that, um, manufacturer's repping uh, stint that I did, I said, wait a minute now, if I could do anything I want to do, because I'm not really making any money anyway, right? So that right. wasn't a challenge. And yes, I had a house and two kids and two cars and all that stuff. But still, I said, if I could do anything I wanted to, what would it be? And it was, you know, the answer came back immediately. It would be buying and selling houses. It'd be real estate investing because I just had a fascination with that. Yeah. So that's what I did. So that's what you did. And did you have, when you were growing up, did you have brothers and sisters? Um, were you, and what was that like growing up? Uh, pretty, I mean, looking back, it was a fantastic uh, di- uh, dynamic. My brother was a younger brother. Uh, uh, that's all I had. My parents okay. were fantastic parents. Uh, I realized later on that they certainly put in a certain amount of programming in my head. And some of that was uh, a little bit disjointed. It was about money, of course. You know, a lot of yeah. uh, my mom came from a very wealthy family, and they she was like the black sheep. So um, there was a lot of um, animosity with her family that kind of rolled into my belief ideas yeah. unknowingly. And you know, it took me a good bit of time and and research and and digging deep to find what the heck was going on because, you know, I had a little bit of a roller coaster ride financially over the last, you know, four decades to score. And um, I said, why am I making a lot of money and then going broke and making a lot of money and going broke? I found out that I was, you know, sabotaging myself from belief ideas that I had, you know, growing up. So. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so it's funny that you say that because that's, that was my story as a CPA and making very bad financial choices and having to say, well, geez, the, 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 the receptionist is buying property. 
and I'm, I'm constantly going broke. I need to do some research on myself. Um, and you know, the, the, the digging deep into our own personal story, um, at least for myself, wasn't always fun and wasn't always pleasant. And I don't know if that was true for you. Well, no, I don't think it's really something any of us want to do, but cause you know, you have to get real and say, wow, look at that. But you know, when you actually do it, it's not so bad. As a matter of fact, the, the results are well worth that effort, but you know, you have to take the effort. And, and what I did was, you know, I do a lot of meditating. And so I, I started asking questions, okay, what's going on here? And what really prompted that was a few years back, um, I got this message that just showed up in my head. It said, hey, Steve, you have, self, you have self-worth issues. And I said, immediately I said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and then I stopped and I said, uh-oh, wait a minute. That was a pretty quick denial. So what am I trying to avoid here? In other words, right. that denial was like, okay, there must be something here. So I said, all right, what is it? So I was meditating and bam, a, a list popped up in my head. Well, you made these goals and you had a time limit and, you know, here they are and you didn't do it. So you're, you're a failure. Right. And I said, wow, that is nonsense, you know? Right. But, right. But I, but I see, you know, I see where it came from and, you know, recognizing it and seeing it. Is really all you have to do. There's no, there's not really any more work to do after that. You've done the work. I've done the work. Yeah. When I said, okay, what is it? So I brought it into the light. And so when you bring things like that into the light, they disappear because this shadow is just a shadow belief. And right. those beliefs cannot survive in the light. They just disappear. They do. Absolutely. And I, encourage my the people that I work with to just get really curious about those voices those under voices that are trying to creep out and uh, take us down and if we can then say wow isn't that interesting yes. these negative thoughts keep coming up let's let's have a conversation and and really again like you said bring it out of the shadow and into the light so yeah. that uh, you know we can start to actually once we get conscious we can be more intentional Precisely. And, and that's all, that's the work. Nothing else really is the work. I don't think it's all, it's all between the ears. And uh, a few months later, just to follow up with that, I had the same message come back. I, I, well, I was seeing the reflections that were similar to quote unquote, the uh, self-worth issue. And I said, Hey, wait a minute. I, I did this already. I, I cleared this. And then, then I heard a very distinctive voice say, well, you know, it's a never ending story, right? <laughs> I said, That's right. Oh, crap. This is not going to end, is it? <laughs> no, it's not going to end. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it again. It was, just, here's the interesting thing. It was kind of the same thing, but it was a little bit different. The, yeah. the, the mechanism had tweaked it just a little bit so it could slip it back in. And I said, yeah. Wow, aren't you a little clever little minx, you know, getting these beliefs back in here like that? Cleared them out again. And uh, yeah. And that and I really haven't had too much of a reoccurrence on it, but that doesn't mean there aren't issues because there are. It's constant. 
always, you got to be always on the vigilance and watch those thoughts. I do. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all do. And I, I joke about that where I, you know, I also thought, oh, I get to do this once. I've gotten all my money stuff together. Um, and then I got to get a little cocky and then I got a little slap in the face of, oh, you have to maintain this. <laughs> you, have right. to, you have to keep looking at the blind spots. You have to keep going back and saying, what could I have done differently? Where am I taking myself out still, even with my consciousness? And it's uh, it's a never ending journey. And I think, you know, it's the good news, bad news, because oh, that's such a bummer. And then, yeah, that's awesome, because I, I want to keep learning up until my last breath. Precisely. And, uh, you know, once you kind of cruise with it, you know, what you just said, though, I want to reiterate a little bit, because certainly we all get prideful. And, you know, what comes, uh, you know, right before pride is the fall comes right after the pride. Right. So right. We stump our toe every time we get prideful. So it's, it's helpful to be humble, you know, absolutely very humble. And just and as you said, keep our eyes open all the time or our, our loins guarded constantly, yeah. you know, constantly. And so in speaking of that, you talked about, you could write four times the amount of your achievements to your failures. Um, can you share a story or two of where you look back and went, man, that did not work out so well. Yeah. But I learned from it. Let me think of which one. Uh, and the other <laughs> way around is I could write four times more failures as opposed to the achievements. But um, let's see. So last year was I was doing some real estate stuff, and we were, I was with a partner, and uh, so got a little cocky, if you will, you know, because yeah. things were going pretty good, and so we took over these payments from this guy, and we re- and I was kind of. Tr- relying on my partner, but not paying a lot of attention to myself. I take full responsibility always in every single situation in every moment, because if I don't, then I'm giving up my ability to respond in situations and I'm giving away my power. I don't ever want to do that because I don't want to abdicate my power to anyone else. Right. So, because it's response ability. What's my ability to respond in these situations? If I if I give it away, I don't have any. So right. So I let the, let my guard down on that. Didn't pay attention to it, and so we took over the, over some payments. We borrowed a bunch of money to do that with, and then the lender foreclosed on it because we didn't transfer and we didn't communicate well, and we and we lost you know lost a ton of money. Wow. So to say that, you know, you know, that's not something you'd get up on stage and talk about and tr- while you're trying to sell a great marketing and real estate investing program. But right. it's important, you know, to acknowledge because without those mistakes, then you're not aware of them. So you don't make them again or less likely to make them again. I'm not saying, you know. I haven't made the same mistake more than once because I have. And, right. And I always say, and then, you know, other people will say, um, if you're not making any mistakes and you're not learning anything. Absolutely. If everything's going well, you know, there's nothing to learn. You know, you, you know it all. I'll, I'll just say that I've learned a lot 
<laughs> Lots of lessons. I like to think of mistakes as lessons. Um, That's right. Right. And hopefully I learn from them so that I don't look at them as, um, wow, I failed. I'm a failure. It just tells me next time, right. pay more attention to the details or read the contract or <laughs> put money in the bank, whatever it might be that I sort of slacked off on or got a little cocky um, in my, you know, my ability to think that I am no, I make no mistakes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just moving a lot slower now mm-hmm. and more deliberate, I guess is a better word, and making mm-hmm. sure that those eyes are dotted. And when you got into um, understanding that it was about beliefs and you wrote um, – it's about belief. What prompted you to uh, start to get into that and want to share that with people? You know, I've always been a, a little bit curious about the way things operated. And I'm really fascinated with, you know, with the, the physics of it all. And also, how can I make it work for me? You know, that's what ultimately all of us want because, you know, we – we're built as selfish individuals. You know, we right. want to feel good and we, we don't want to feel bad. Right. Right. So I was reading some pretty in, incredible books when I was nine years old. I was, I was reading self hypnosis and how to increase your ESP. And my favorite was uh, psycho cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Mm-hmm. Now I was reading those just because they happened to be on the bookshelf in in the house, you know. That's because right. that's what mom and dad were reading and those sort of things. So, with with that in mind, I was kind of raised Southern atheist. Okay, and um, not so, which is very different from Southern Baptist. Exactly, and that was the reason, <laughs> that was the juxtaposition I was going for. As a matter of fact. So I, I kind of had an open mind. I didn't have a whole lot of dogma, you know, put in here. Mm-hmm. So, but I just noticed things that just didn't make sense to me, you know. And I would see, certainly I would see that people didn't seem to have much long-term memory when it came to events and in politics and just things that happened. Right. I was wondering about that, and I was wondering about why it was that um, – Certain things didn't seem to have a relationship with other things, even though it, they should have. Right. And and then every now and then I would do something that that was weird. I was looking in my living room and I was looking at the bookcase and I just saw this light. I was I was at that time I was twelve, I guess, and I just saw this light over there, like a glowing white light. And it was no light bulb or anything there. It was just a light. Right. So I was saying, hey, hey, Dad, what's this light thing over there? And he said, I don't know. So I, I didn't really know or understand anything about that. Yeah. And then and then I uh, was in, in college, and I was doing some really deep Hatha yoga for 30 days of instructions out of this book. I was just – it was a book. I just read it. And I was just doing those for like 45 minutes to an hour every day. And it said, do these Hatha yoga exercises every day. Don't miss a day. So I didn't, I missed one day out of 30. And then at, at 
about 30 days I was sitting and I was meditating and then, and then I felt this tension in my body, one, one muscle. And I said, is it okay? In, in my mind, I said, is it okay to let go of that? And the answer came back, well, yeah, sure, let go of that. So I let go of that and it just, I think it was the last little bit of tension that was in my body kind of hanging on. Because that's what yoga does. It really just pulls the tension out of your muscles and out of your tensions and out of your mind, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So I was sitting there meditating after doing that, and a profound peace of mind just came into my mind. It was like, wow. It was, it was un, uh, you, you just couldn't describe it. Yeah. It was amazing. And so I said, wow, this is amazing. And it was un, I was just sitting there enjoying that. And about a minute or two into that, I started dropping off into nothingness. It's like, where am I going? I was disappearing. That scared the hell out of me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I started kind of grabbing at the material objects in the room, and I, try, I was trying to pull myself back into the you know the physical plane again. No understanding of any of this stuff. I was just doing. Med- I was just exercising, you know. Right, right. But my mind was blank. You know, it was like, wow. So that was very scary. And I I pulled myself out of that abyss, if you will. And then for the next quite a few months, I was, luckily I had the lower bunk in my dorm room. This was at the University of Georgia when I I was there. And so I had to sleep with one foot on the floor because the room was spinning for months. And I actually had a couple of seizures from that. Wow. It was a mess, and I dropped out for about a, a quarter just to get my physicality back. And so I've often wondered where would I have gone if I just let that go, you know? Mm. I'm not sure how I wow. off into all that, but that's, uh, that's the, the evolution. And then, you, oh, I remember you asked me, oh, how did I get into this? So years later, I picked, you know, I saw the video, The, the Secret. That pulled yep. me back up again. I started digging into, the, into that. And then, uh, thank God for the, the Internet. It's awesome. <laughs> Man, and so It's About Belief came from Neville Gottwell. It really came from The Secret and then just studying what I could and Abraham Hicks and then Cry, uh, mm-hmm. Cryon and Bashar was kind of like the first one that I really started going after it on the, on the Internet. And then Neville Goddard and anything and everything. So hopefully that's that question. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I just want to reiterate to people that are listening, books are an amazing resource or reading is an amazing resource because you can read on the internet. Um, we weren't allowed to watch TV when I was a kid and uh, I read, all I did was read books and I was fortunate or privileged in that we had a library um, and my parents were voracious readers. And so that's what I did. I read. And I think like to your point of being able to read all this stuff and have the information, then you can decide if you want to take it in or not. But there's so much information um, that even somebody that has limited resources, if they have access to reading or internet, uh, the, the world is at their fingertip. That's right. And um, just a, a short thing about religion. Uh, I think religion's fantastic. I actually have a, I, I joined self-realization fellowship. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of recognizes all religions and anything can be a path, you know, to, to 
becoming self-realized, and that's the goal of, uh, of everyone on the planet, whether they know it or not, is to wake up and, uh, and right. see what reality really is not, is maybe a better way to describe that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, let me ask you this random question, because I was thinking about to back to when you were saying we all want to survive and we all want to uh, enjoy things. Yes. And right. And uh, we, we want to like have the pleasures. What is one of your guilty pleasures that no matter what the cost or no matter the situation, it's like, ah, that is a guilty pleasure that I just really enjoy. That is a great question. And, you know, I ask a lot of people, like, what do they do for fun? And not hardly anybody can answer that question. But uh, what I love, I mean, I love to uh, just get out and explore, trap, yeah. if you will. And it does. I don't have to go to Europe, although I've been several times. But, you know, even just getting in the car and driving around and looking. So I did that yesterday. I just went, I went up to look at some some million dollar houses up in uh, on Lake Lanier near the mountains here in North Georgia. So I drove for a couple hours up that way and back and and you know that's very rewarding because if we really understand the law of attraction and and how this works is if you if you have five areas of your life, you know, maybe health, career, money, uh, relationships and uh, extracurricular activities, pick five, it doesn't matter. And four of those are going great. And one of them is going bad. Say the money thing is going bad, for example. Mm-hmm. Most people want to focus on the money and try to fix it. Got to right. focus my attention on this thing that's going bad. Well, that will not work. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that'll only make this worse because whatever you focus right. on gets bigger. So yeah. the best thing to do is focus on one of these other four things. For me, it'd be getting in the car and just driving up to look at these nice houses and forget about that area that's not working. Because if you if you get your mind right and you get your vibration right, then this will fix itself automatically. And that's the amazing thing. So you you have to really develop a lot a level of trust. So to answer your question, I love that. I love motorcycles. I love anything that has a motor on it in it that can propel me forward. You know, I like I love to fly. I'm a pilot. Um, just things like that. I love to read. Last last night I was I like to learn as much as I possibly can. So last I've, I've been learning Spanish over the last few weeks. Last night I saw some stuff on three-phase electricity and learning about that and free energy devices, and that's my that's kind of one of my things is I'd like to be the Elon Musk of free energy devices uh, in in my world. So, which is bringing those to the to the planet. That that sounds awesome. That and I I have to commend you uh that you fly that you're a pilot uh i have a couple friends that do that and it sounds exciting to me but i'm actually uh scared of the idea of being up in the sky and not having a safety net if the engine goes out (laughs) and so uh, that's a real fear i mean i mean it's a i guess it's a real possibility but uh something that i haven't gotten past it uh, yes and if you fear it then don't do it because you know 
when it comes right down to it. And, and I would say this about the coronavirus, too, if you if you don't mind me making yeah. mention there. So there is a virus. But it's not what people think. It's not the coronavirus. The, the virus that's being spread around right now is fear. Right. Fear is the virus. And as, as one politician said way back when, he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So <laughs> I would say fear not. And you, you cannot get the virus if you do not fear it or you pay no attention to it because you're not on the same frequency as the virus. So there's nothing to fear. Well, that sounds awesome because like fear not. Right. Fear not. Fear not. That's right. <laughs> Fear not. What um, I know you touched on uh, being the Elon Musk of, um, you know, of, of your industry. What's the what other legacy do you want to leave? Like, what do you want your impact to be um, in your time here? Well, well, like I said, I just I just love the law of attraction. And, and I don't, honestly, mm-hmm. I think that's a misnomer. It's really I mean, yes, we are attracting things, certainly, but it's more, the way I look at it, it's more frequency alignment. So whatever it is you yeah. are, or whatever it is, you're emitting on a frequency basis through your thoughts. What it is you think about yeah. shows up out in front of you. That's that's it. And yeah. the biggest leap that anyone can make is understanding that that I'm not alone. You're not alone. We're not alone in this. And that... F- our physicality is just a small fragment of who we actually are. We are much, much bigger and broader and more powerful vibrationally and what we can't see. But the, all of that is benevolent and helping us at every single turn. And we have to, if we could just give up the control on that, then we would be so much better off. And, and I have a little story that happened to me last Friday, if, I, if we've got some time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I utilize as much of the law of attraction as I possibly can to, to do my real estate investing. Mm-hmm. So I've got this house down in Savannah that I had I had all the funding lined up for it from one of my guys last week. This was just last week. And so he said, yeah, I'll fund that. And then last Friday, he said, no, I can't fund that. That, but I can roll over what we have in this other property. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I had that set. This was Friday. I, last Friday, I had that set to close on Monday. I said, well, this is rather inconvenient. It would have been known, you know, nice to have known about this so, right. sometime before that. So I said, all right, I can, I can respond in a couple different ways. You know, my responsibility is coming into play here. I can freak out and, you know, get all angry and pissed off about it and say, what the hell am I going to do now? Now what? it's too late, that kind of thing. Or I could just say, I could sit back and say, wow, this is interesting. I wonder what great opportunities this is going to lead to. And that's that was the choice I made right then and there was, okay, I need to just relax and say, this is, this is an opportunity because there's nothing bad. There's only one creator. It's all good. I'm part of the, the system, so where's the opportunity here? And that's what I found, and, and that's what Napoleon Hill says, is 
He says, out of every challenge, there's an equal or greater opportunity. So I said, all right, my job to find out where that is. So my, the first thought I had in my head was call the seller and tell him. So I said, all right, I called the seller. And by the way, in this transaction, I know the seller. I've known him for 20 years. I know the uh, my lender. I've known him for a couple of years. He, we've done quite a few deals together. The lender, the guy that kind of backed out on me, he's a little squirrely. So, okay, <laughs> I can deal with that. And then I, I just so happens I know the lender on the property that the, the guy I bought it from, I know him because we did a transaction, you know, 15 years ago. And then I've had some experience with the law firm down in Savannah. I just got down to Savannah recently. And so we closed the deal down there. And so it's kind of like everybody knows each other, you know? Yeah. So, so my seller said, well, why don't you call this, the lender that has this, this amount of money on the, on there and see if he'll just give it, let you borrow it, continue, continue to borrow it. So I called him. Uh, I said, you know, I don't think my timing is right. So I just had that feeling and I pay a lot of attention to the feelings. I said, I think I'll wait till tomorrow and call him, which was a Saturday. You know, I'm supposed to close on Friday. Right. But so, so I called him on Saturday. I didn't get him. I left him a pretty lengthy voicemail. He called me back and he said, yeah, he said, I just want to make sure that I remain in my first position and I'm good to go. And I said, okay, what are your terms? He said the same, same as before, same as what I had with so-and-so. I said, great. Okay. So now all I need now is another thirty, $38,000, you know, right. by Monday. So, but my other guy said, Hey, I'll, I'll roll that in. And I already, I knew I was going to be closing that property pretty quick. So it just so happens that we, as a matter of fact, I found out yesterday that I didn't close on Monday. I told everybody, I said, Hey, we're not closing on Monday, but we're closing really soon. And everybody said, okay, fine. So we, we, I'm closing my, that first property where my lender had his money, where he said, I'll leave it in. Like I said, so it all came together really yesterday. We got a clear to close on that first property and we're doing that on Monday in Savannah. So I'll be going down to Savannah and closing to both at the same time. But I, the, the whole point of that was trust. Right. So I had to trust that this was going to work. And I had to trust that the, all the resources were just going to show up for me like they always have in the past, unless I block them. Right. So that was. Yeah. And you could have, you could have spent a whole lot of energy getting worked up and, and probably pushing everything back or actually helping doom the deal. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, so, yeah, that, that piece about trust and taking it slow and, and, trusting and trusting your feelings. Um, they actually have some information that's pretty useful. <laughs> they really do. And, you know, I, I was, I had an investor that was wiring uh, 15,000 for some marketing that we're doing. And I gave her my account numbers and I had this feeling in my gut that said, check those account numbers. You know what? I didn't, I, I saw it, I heard it and I didn't do it. She wrote the account number down wrong. And so the wire came back, costs $125 in fees. And I said, well, you know, that's what you get for not listening that's to your, your gut. You know? That's right. Pay attention. Get conscious. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Steve, I, 
I could probably sit here and talk for another few hours and I'd love to hear more stories. Um, where can people find you on social media? Well, probably the simplest way and the, and the quickest way is just go to my website. It's about belief.com. I write daily belief ideas. So whatever I'm kind of experiencing, I just kind of write it into a belief idea that might be helpful. Like, like the trust or revision is, is the one I wrote uh, today. As a matter of fact, it was about how to change, you know, ideas and beliefs about your past and, you know, bring those new scenes and new experiences that you've created in your past into now. But so they're free. You know, I don't charge anything. I do it for me. And if you like it, great. Subscribe. If you don't, unsubscribe. You know, (laughs) Exactly. And uh, that's awesome. So those you can sign up on the website. You just scroll down until you see the subscribe box and you just subscribe. It's on MailChimp. So it's, you know, they monitor everything. So it's really easy to subscribe and it's really easy to unsubscribe. That sounds awesome, and I would encourage all of our listeners to go check out the website, get some free resource, and uh, also learn about real estate and learn about your belief systems. I think that would be awesome. Um, And, um, yeah, so check it out. We'll post all that information on on our our website. Uh, And I want to say to our listeners, please don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And I think we have Amazon now. If you prefer to watch our episodes, head over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Steve, it has just been a pleasure having you on. I appreciate your insight and your wisdom. And I I hope that all of our listeners out there will continue to get curious and find things interesting and and place a bit of trust in things and uh, let go of fear. It's been, a, it's been all fun for me, and let's do it again. Sounds good. Mm-hmm.